welcome to teach me how to love you better. Hosted by Dergo PJ. Ladies and gentlemen, to lesson two of Teach Me How to Love You Better. It's BJ here to introduce the second installment of this series. But before we get into it, how did you all like lesson one, which was identity told to us by Erica Butler? Me personally, I felt it to be very enlightening, very detailed, and straight to the point. The point was to give women their proper space and opportunity to be themselves. I'm not going to go too deep into that, but if you haven't heard that particular lesson, please go back and check it out before tuning into this one. Trust me, it's worth it. But this lesson, this next lesson here is administered by none other than Crystal Clear, somebody that I admire and hold in a very high regard. Everybody knows her in the podcast world for her amazing contributions to podcasting by way of the Crystal Clear podcast. And as well as the Reigning Opinions podcast that she co-hosts with another amazing mind that needs to bless this platform, the Queen Carmen Gray. This dialogue is about proper support, relinquishing the idea that women cannot function or fathom or even cultivate their ideas without a man's guidance. She took these experiences that she's had and weaves them together profoundly to give men pointers about being a support system to a woman. And she also followed up on the keyword Erica gave us the last lesson as to what women need from men in terms of listening. There is so much jewelry all through this episode. So queens, support your other sister queen. Men, sit back and shut the hell up because I need to hear this. Nah, we need to hear this. Thank you guys again and welcome to lesson two of Teach Me How to Love You Better. Okay, guys, so today I am honored to be discussing some interesting topics and questions about women with crystal clear. This is a big deal for me, (laughs) right? Let's just pause the cause right quick because this is an extremely big deal for me this is somebody that i have admired in podcasting for so so long and she has been consistent ever since my introduction to her like she literally educates with her podcast so excuse me for being a little excited but also a little nervous. How are you today, ma'am? <laughs> I am good. Don't be nervous. You'll make me nervous, okay? <laughs> so, and I don't I don't understand, you know, the nervousness are. I mean, I get it. I mean, I am excited to talk to you too. Believe it or wow. not. Yeah, I am cuz honestly, you left one of the like most heartfelt um comments on my uh Apple iTunes. 
Like, really? Yes. Like, your comment was the first comment that actually made me feel, like, seen completely. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, a lot oh, of people, they, yeah, they hear you and they like your show, but, like, what you said in your comment just made me feel like I was actually being seen clearly, like, the whole objective of the show. So, yeah. Yeah. So I really appreciate you and all that you do. And I'm glad that you're happy and excited to be talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> it is really exciting. I think I've been listening to you since I think the first episode I listened to was the Daddy Issues oh, wow. episode. So it's been a while. It's wow. been a long while. <laughs> but um, I really appreciate all of what you contribute to our culture in podcasting and also for women, which is part of the reason why. I have you here because it's been on my heart to develop a peaceful and a more direct dialogue between men and women about the issues that women face. Because mm -hmm. I don't think that women are being heard correctly because we don't know how to necessarily listen. And we always equate our listening to our ears, not necessarily with our hearts and our intentions. So I've created this platform to kind of coach men in the direction that they would need to go into in order to create a better dialogue between the women that they want or either have to love. So um, for you being a mom and a wife and having so much clarity about so many different things, like what is your overall perspective on the relationship between men and women today? My overall perspective would be that we are still, you know, developing an understanding for each other. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of what we are taking off currently is like all of the, like the old school traditional ideas. And I feel like finally today, we're kind of becoming who we are as individuals. We're like taking off the the cloaks of like what we're supposed to be. I, I feel like this generation is finally saying, I'm not that. I'm not my mom. You know, I'm not my great grandmother. I'm none of those women. I am, mm -hmm. I am this woman and I am going to act like me. I'm not going to follow any gender roles I'm not I'm going to do this the best way I know how I'm going to do it from my heart I'm going to be here so it's it's that thing that I feel like men and women are doing I just don't think while we're like discovering ourselves we are developed enough in ourselves to kind of clearly understand how like the opposite sex is going about that transformation as far as like showing up as who they are and not their roles Right, right. That's actually honest. I think when I think about the relationship for men personally is they don't want to show up as is, you know, um, the way that things have been conditioned is that you need to present yourself in good standing upon arrival. And I think that that's a, a flawed concept mm -hmm. because I don't think that anybody can manifest that all the time i think that we can you know take the time to work on self but ultimately you need somebody for either a support or a coaching there's no way for you to know how to perfect or correct what's wrong if there's no example of um righteousness and you know sound mind and judgment around you you have to kind of 
have people to support that change. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of the position that I've assumed in some way to um, help men have the honest conversation. And then it also helps me, too, because Mm -hmm. um, I'm not politically correct in every way that I love a woman. You know, I don't think that I fully understand um, how not to be selfish in certain instances because I don't even see it as selfish. I just see it as the way of life or the way things are. And women have cultivated such a voice to, like, I guess change that narrative for even me too. Like, I want to be able to fully see what it is that you're saying what it is that you're feeling. And I want you to be as honest about it as possible. So, I mean, it's a lot that comes with what I'm doing, but you're the perfect person to kind of set me straight. (laughs) (laughs) That's a large responsibility. You know, (laughs) really, you know, like, honestly, when when I approach someone or like when I, you know, think about having a conversation with someone I kind of want them to understand that their current position is exactly like where they need to be. Right. And I'm not right, necessarily right. coming from a place to where I know, you know, cause I don't, I just, I know, I know for me. And that's, I say that a lot on crystal clear because I know for me. And okay, I guess okay. because of my knowing for me, I, I am a help because I am very clear on where I am supposed to be. But I also want people to know that a lot of uh, trial and error got me to this place. A lot of it. A okay, lot. Okay. So it's just like, it's okay to stumble upon like the perfect place. It's, it's okay to be wobbly and confused and, you know, unclear on how you're doing things like not seeing your flaws like when you're making a mistake you have to make that mistake that's going to teach you like the problem is the door to the solution so it's like you kind of have to accept it and but in your relationship you you have to understand that you making mistakes you hurting that person is going to get you to where you need to be so that that's the thing that I want to make clear because I feel like women have been hurt so much. We we kind of have lost the patience to deal with men and like telling them over and over because ultimately we don't feel hurt. And it's kind of sometimes it gets to a place to where we're like, you're rejecting what I'm saying to you. Right, right, <laughs> right. So. so we're going to get into, of course, the question at hand. Mm-hmm. Um, just a preface for the listener. Um, this is the portion of the show where I ask Crystal a question. And when I ask this question, I am going to completely shut the hell up and let her answer the question as raw and vulnerable and unapologetic as she can possibly answer it without saying anything. I'm going mm-hmm. to let her completely voice herself and her views on the said question. And I am not to speak until she says, okay, BJ, you can speak now. All right. So we are getting ready to get started with the meat of the show. So I'm going to pose you this question. In what way or area as a woman do you feel a man could do better by a woman for their own benefit as well as the woman that they may aspire to love? (laughs) Oh, <laughs> okay, okay. 
this is a big one um for me personally and um this is you know i would love to have to have the answers for like every woman but i feel like i can only start with like something that i i deal with something that i desire from my spouse and i i would have to say support but when saying support i have to explain it clearly so that he could understand if he was listening or any man could understand so when I say support like if if we're going by the definition there's a lot of things that kind of fall in there uh by definition men hear support and they're like okay I bear the brunt of all the weight and the finances and all that stuff but I'm not talking about that type of support I'm kind of talking about like encouragement like I feel like men should be supportive in a encouraging way where they're trying to help us understand that it's okay for us to you know express ourselves however we express ourselves like in a creative light if needed or however like if if you're expressing yourself as a leader in the home I know that could kind of raise a conflict but them encouraging it and not discouraging it so I guess for me the best way for a um, man to or my spouse to support me would be him like if I was like to tell him that I had an idea or a project or something like that and I said you know this is what I want to do. This is what um, I feel like is important to me right now. The best thing that he can do to encourage me and or support me would, you know, be to just be like, okay, I believe in you. I feel like you can, you know, do it, you know. But in in the sense of like encouraging me, I feel like a lot of men see the encouragement the encouragement as like also like stimulating and like motivating so like they kind of feel like they have to kind of ride you and check on you like where you're at you said you wanted to do this like two weeks ago I haven't necessarily saw anything change or you do anything where are you and like while I understand that a man might see that as encouraging me and supporting me because that's what I asked for it also can come across as like being pushy and are trying to take over you know so I guess for a woman I would like to make it clear that when I'm asking for support and encouragement I need you to kind of like steer clear of the of the advice giving unless solicited and the direction like giving me direction (laughs) like I don't need that or I don't think women want that I think we want you to trust that we know what we're doing and that's the kind of support like you know how women like say for instance if a man needs to you know move to a new state and say for instance they're taking their family with them the woman kind of has to pack up and say okay we going not knowing what's going to you know happen when they get there not being certain on you know where they're going to live you know or how they're going to feel about where they're living and there's a lot of things that go into that but that trust in that okay we're picking up and leaving and going with you 
is something that I would like for men to replicate in their own way. Now, I don't necessarily believe that, you know, anybody has to like alter their location to show trust and support. But I feel like that kind of blind trust is what women mean when they need support. Not necessarily like, oh, uh, buy me this, buy me that, take care of home, take care of this. Like, I feel like men automatically go into the take care of home when women ask for support. And it's not that. It's like, take care of my feelings. Show me that you feel I'm capable. Show me that. Because if you feel I'm capable, then you trust me and you're not giving me a hard time by every time I have a decision, a decision that kind of differs from yours. You trust me. So when I have an opinion, it stands just as firm as yours, right? So it's almost like equality, but I'm not going there today. I'm just really talking about support. (laughs) Also, um, when being supportive, I feel like men have to kind of relax their ideas of the way they feel like things should be. Like a man may have an approach to like getting things done and the best way to be supportive is not to utilize that system when going to their woman, their loved one, and expecting their system to look exactly like theirs. They have to understand this person is possibly processing in a totally different manner and their their approaches may not even translate, may not even be compatible and would only bring frustrations when, you know, you're trying to, you know, ask them questions about like where they are in something so for me that's big it's major because it happens all the time like I'll tell my husband I'm doing something and he wants to see production he wants to see the productivity and I'm like I don't have that for you because that's not how I work you know I'm not at that stage of it (laughs) you know it's still I'm still it's still like a concept so you need to back up off me and I feel like when men become like show me show me show me that's discouraging in a way so it's really crazy and um, not really crazy it's really kind of complex it's it's not as simple as I would love it to be but I feel like anything that's you know important might be a little bit hard but it's it's just understanding that we're different and we're different for good reasons like maybe I'm not going to have a checklist that I follow and I'm going down the line and completing things but I promise you like when it's said and done you'll see you'll see all the work I put into it so I feel like I just feel like men have to come out of themselves a little bit to understand their women to allow them to kind of spread their wings so they can you know prove to the men in their lives that they are capable and when men are better at being supportive and encouraging I feel like they won't have the burden of you know feeling like they have to create the like feeling like they have to create the lifestyle and or you know the income or whatever like I don't feel like they'll be alone because it's almost like them accepting the partner for what a partner truly can be which is like help me going back to the bible or a teammate I feel like if you are looking at this your woman as somebody who is an assistant and not necessarily somebody who is right there with you 
then you're kind of making your your job harder because you feel like you're the only supervisor you know what i'm saying like you're the only one that can really make the choices and if you have somebody who's in subordinate which i feel like is kind of like the old school way of you know how marriages worked or relationships work where men just kind of led i feel like if you if you really give her the encouragement and the support to be right up there with you by your actions by the way you talk to them by the way you just make them feel about their decisions and ideas i feel like it'll be it'll take weight off of the man's shoulders and that was the best i could do you could talk now bj <laughs> <laughs> that was great that was that was really good um i took a lot from that <laughs> I really did. So like what I am what I am extracting from what you just said is that um women would ultimately like support without supervision. There is a way to be effective in supporting a woman, not necessarily giving her the coaching but giving her the compliments. Mm-hmm. I know you're smart. I know you'll figure it out. Um making her feel good in the process, you know, is really beautiful to see how aggressive you are when it comes to attaining or chasing a goal. I'm really proud of you. Like, mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that it has to be um, a criteria for the man to follow when it comes to supporting a woman in her respective goal. I think that you just have to make sure that she's comfortable, that she's confident, that she feels good about it, and that you're always available to help her or to talk to her and to level with her in the event that she actually needs you. But I do agree. I think that men are more hands-on because Mm -hmm. of the utilities of leadership. I think we don't, we don't know when to shut that off. And because we kind of still hold ourselves responsible for even your objectives, like Mm -hmm. we want you to succeed in your objectives. We take pride and responsibility in that too so having all of the answers is kind of a mechanism we have to shut off mm-hmm. you know um and i get it i want to kind of ask you though when you say support in the sense of like hands off at what point is the man supposed to step in and say something if things are going completely left like or is that still that same you know, supervision that concerns women. Like there's a point where he could be very well investing the compliments in a sense, or he could be investing some of the the funds and then things keep going left or like there is a, a hiccup all the time. Is there a is there ever a point where he's supposed to speak or is he still supposed to just continually encourage? So I think it's very important for like the man not to be hovering right so so the only way he's going to know there is an issue with this whatever this is um is the woman saying it's an issue and soliciting help right okay Okay. that that's the that's the best way to navigate it because i feel like if 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 you're a woman, if you happen to be a woman and you're trying to you know get to the place to where you're confident in what you're doing, the last thing you need is somebody looking over your shoulder, worried about what they see 
as a problem, which you might not even see it as a problem. Maybe this is what you actually want it to be. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like the because of like the vision, like the vision might not be the same. The man is looking for something totally different than the woman's actual and, you know, finished result might be. Right. Right. So right, it's, right. it's kind of like. It's almost like. <laughs> I don't even know how to say it. It's almost like he has to relax and relinquish control in allowing her to be her full self. Okay. Okay. You know, like he has to relinquish like all of the skills that he's developed as a man while letting her do her thing. Like she's just like, watch this. And even if it doesn't turn out the way I absolutely want it to be, trust that it's still going to be fine. Because there, I feel like women don't need to see the finished product when they follow the man. They don't. They just follow him because they believe in him. Wow. And I, wow. Okay. Right. And I feel like men struggle to believe in their their women. But this is the woman you chose. So shouldn't there be like some built in trust there? And what does she have to do to get the same kind of trust and support that she's giving you from you? Wow. That was OK. Yeah, <laughs> that was heavy. That was really heavy. Um. Wow. OK. Now, when. We when we say these things out loud that, mm-hmm. you know, blind trust, right? There comes a point where blind trust plays a a very significant part in a lot of situations for men and for women. Mm-hmm. Um where do you where do you learn um blind trust from? Because our circumstances scare us even the ones we've already been through and have overcome they still kind of present a certain level of fear moving forward so where do you learn to blindly trust a person especially after being blindly misled in a previous relationship or a previous circumstance like where do you learn that skill from (sighs) um the church i don't know um i don't (laughs) uh and and for me i would have to say like there's just like this belief at the end of the day no matter what factors are at play that i will be okay right Right, so with that faith and understanding that i'm protected like i have the ability to you know take risks and you know move on things that might scare somebody else that someone else wouldn't feel is logical to do, but it's just like, I'm, I know I'm fine. And at the end of the day, whatever happens, I, I know I'm going to get something from this. Like I'm Mm -hmm. living for the lesson. Like I, I don't know what else is out there. I don't, you know, like, I don't feel like there's a lot of tangible things that we can guarantee we're going to get from life. But if you're, if you're paying attention, like, Life is the actual research, like what you lived through, what you experienced is is what you need to get you to the next place. So it's like whatever happens at the end of this journey, you know, I'm going to be better and I'm going to move with my new tools. You know, like I'll right, be fine. Right. I'll be fine. Right. OK, so the um the last episode of Teach Me How to Love You Better had a host by the name of Erica Butler, who is also known as the brown girl. And I asked her. What was one word that she could give me that will 
that will kind of explain what women need from men right now more than anything. And her answer was to listen. Now, of course, hearing all of what you just said could be Mm -hmm. a lot to take in. And it's a possibility that a man did not hear everything that was said. So is there a alternative way to listening that does not involve the ears? Is there something that we can start to promote that will at least help people to feel or to sense where things are coming from versus just trying to take it all in as far as like, you know, audio terms like we don't we don't want to continue to like force feed people to like constantly listen to the -hmm. same things over again but we need to really connect in other ways to explain ourselves so is there a way in your opinion that we can show people how to listen without it necessarily being dedicated to your ears sure uh i feel like you know there's a lot of different ways that people learn like some people are better at you know demonstration right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so maybe instead of like listening because that might not be your best uh learning your best your best way to learn maybe you should look for the things that she like if you if you heard her say something before if she said something before look for that like see ask yourself if you have what she's asking for from you. Like, ask yourself, like, am I capable? You know, like, am I capable of what she's asking for? Do I have it in me? Do I know how to do it? Mm. Am I interested in doing it? So I feel like when, when you, when you're given instruction or given a suggestion or given an attitude or whatever, however information comes, like, I guess immediately, um, if you're not going to listen just ask yourself the questions and maybe watch them like watch them Mm -hmm. for how they treat you like say for instance if the woman is telling you not to yell at her see if she's yelling at you (laughs) you know what i'm saying so it's like (laughs) like pay attention so you can say hey you know you're asking something of me that you don't do right so maybe if I notice that next time we have a heated discussion that you are minding, you're minding your tone, then maybe I can pick up on that. You understand? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, like watch, pay attention to not necessarily what they are saying, but what they're doing and line it up with their questioning and make not to like be argumentative, but just like mention it. Like I'm really interested in doing what you're asking of me, but I'm paying attention to you and the very thing that you're asking of me, you don't even do. Is that what you want? Because mm. in that, in that, in that sense, I feel like they realize you're paying attention. Right. Because right, maybe they're right. just yelling out of frustration, like you don't care anyway. You're not doing what I'm asking you to do. But like, if you're paying attention and and you show them that you're paying attention, you know, maybe, maybe you'll get a different reaction. Because I feel like a lot of times we're just going through the motions and even the arguments are going through the motions. Like we've been to this argument like several times before. Let's just act it out. I'm mad about it still. You have done nothing about it. And this is what we do. And we're going to calm down and we're going to be okay until it comes up again. So Mm. maybe just watch instead of hear, watch, use your eyes. Yeah. Use your eyes. (laughs) I was, I was that guy who, um, I was actually the, the most argumentative man in the world. 
And that was only because I was so used to always making the decisions. And what ended up happening for me is you'll you'll set certain patterns in your actions and in some of your instincts that the people around you will develop a sense of, I already know what he's about to say. Mm-hmm. So in those moments when they would believe that they would already know what I'm pretty much about to say, like they're mm-hmm. going to know it. They're going to know it exact to my tone and the words that I'm going to use. It would irritate my soul to have a person know me that well, mm. but still make me that angry. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it wow. really, it really bothered me to experience a person that can recite my life my quotes, my sayings can can give you a full depiction of what I'm going to do in the event that I'm mad, angry, sad, frustrated, but will still make you that angry. They will still do everything opposite of what they already know that they've rehearsed throughout this term of time we've spent together. So in the case of watching versus mm-hmm. listening, they actually can replicate a lot of your actions and still not do the very things that are necessary to make the conversation or the dialogue between you two effective. So when you watch a person, the keys to what you're looking for, what would those things be? Are you watching just to beat them at their game (laughs) or are you watching to actually love this person correctly because in some instances there are ways for you to learn a person well enough to remind them that it's so much more or it's so much better than this level of disagreement we can actually work together like I've even learned like to use your example of like having a project like my girlfriend is a person who has tons of experience And this is part of the reason why in certain instances I have to kind of like go the loner route because the freedoms that she's had in gaining those experiences, I didn't have growing up because I was sheltered. I didn't get Mm -hmm. to find myself. So there's moments where I don't even know how to respond to her offering for help other than to be awkward because I still haven't figured out a way to communicate that. This is for me, like even in a relationship like this Mm. is for me and I don't want to alienate her. I don't want to make her feel like she has no place because she is the biggest support system. Like she's the person that always champions me and tells Mm -hmm. me, you know, you you have a way with words. You know how to express things. You're helping people keep Mm -hmm. going like she has that thing, but she wants to help. She wants to physically put hands on it to to give me the opportunity to even take a break on the things that I'm Hmm. working on you know what I'm saying so there is there is such a dynamic conversation that can become of learning how to support without the supervision but I think that it can go both ways where it's actually meant for good Mm -hmm. but we just have to be able to decipher the differences between the two 
you know right and I, I for me you said something that stuck with me about being sheltered because I was sheltered in a sense right as mm-hmm. well you know being raised the way I was raised and I feel like because of the way we were sheltered we we shelter people as well right but we shelter them with what we don't say wow. and and we shelter them by not expressing ourselves and not expressing how we feel in that moment because we don't feel like they can handle it because somebody didn't feel like we could handle the world, right? Right, So we have to kind of undo some of the things that were done to us and trust that the people that we've chosen can handle us, can deal with our reality, can deal with how we feel. We don't have to protect them. They chose us, right? Right, right, right. Right. Wow. And I feel like I feel like we 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 don't even realize we're doing it. Yeah. I have like, never looked at it that way. Never. Mm. That's so, powerful. Well, well, I'm glad I knew I knew who I was going to get when I came for Crystal. I knew Stop. it. Stop. <laughs> I knew it. So um, we kind of touched on quite a bit and um. If you guys are listening and you feel like there is something else that we needed to cover, definitely um, message me or even Crystal and just, you know, keep this conversation going because I can't really talk about it as much as I want to because I have an alternative topic. Mm-hmm. But um, again, if you feel like there's something that you we should have touched or didn't touch, definitely get in touch with us. Um, our social media is probably going to be plastered over this episode and on the publications and things of that nature so we're going to get into the topic the small topic of discussion which was something that I felt like um you were great for and probably would give a lot of brilliant commentary on and it is touching on the untrained eye now it deals a little bit with what we were previously talking about about that that blind trust and not necessarily being able to be hands-on but still in all supportive and knowing how to champion another person um the untrained eye in my opinion is that statement that people say when they say beauty is in the eye of the beholder you know it's that it's that possibility that what you're seeing could be ugly to another person it could be something that somebody necessarily I'm I'm no, I don't want to do that because that's kind of like separatism in a sense. But um, people can have their own ideals, their own feelings, and a person will understand it, but still just wants to have their own input. And that gets tricky, too, because what's beautiful to some other person is their personal feeling. That's their personal connection with what they hold in regard as beautiful. So, um, but there's a question. What if you've never seen something beautiful or what if you've never been a part of anything beautiful? How does that statement beauty is in the eye of the beholder apply to a person who has never experienced beauty? Is there a way that we can visually train people to see the beauty in ourselves and each other wow uh let me see so it's i i grew up 
hearing that a lot too, like beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And I never understood what they meant, right? I mean, you kind of you kind of figure like they they mean the person who is looking at it and I guess considering it beautiful. That's who it's that's their eye. They're the beholder, right? That's what mm-hmm. I gathered from it as as a young woman. But today I feel like it's impossible for someone to experience life and not have their own definition of beauty. Right, right. I feel I feel like it's impossible. Like somebody, whoever they are, whatever they've been through, knows beauty. Right? Right, right. They know it. They know what, what they consider beauty. They they have a clear picture of it. Now they might not see a lot of it, but they can define it. Or they should be able to not necessarily replicate it, but they, they'll know it when they see it. Right. Mm-hmm. They'll know right. when they feel like this, this is beauty. Right. So mm-hmm. for somebody who might be struggling with like their own definition of what they consider beauty, I would just make sure like they're not just going for like something that, um, that they're attracted to by sight. It's something that also makes them feel a certain way internally. Mm-hmm. Um, right, right. Something that, you know, also inspires them. Something that, you know, makes them feel like they need to be better. Right. right, right. So instead of just wanting to be stimulated visually, I feel like you should demand from yourself, like, uh, a full body experience when you are considering something beautiful, like that's beautiful. Like and yeah. a lot of times when I listen to like other people's podcasts and I'm listening to like things that they're talking about, beautiful is the word I go to because it, it's, it's, I didn't see anything, but it was a feeling I experienced, you know? Right, so it's right. just like, that is beautiful. Like it's like the way you worded it, how it made me feel, how I feel it made other people feel. It's just like, it's like a full-on experience. So that would be what I would say go for. Like, go for more than just the way something looks. Go for, like, everything. Like, did you did you get a tingling down your spine? Did you get butterflies in your stomach? Did you, did you, did you want to, did you start writing immediately? Like, what happened to you? That's how you define and can define how it feels to experience beauty and no beauty so basically we're like unlearning our senses in a sense when it comes to relationship because we just previously said that instead of using your ears to hear you have to use your eyes and watch and now we're insisting upon actually feeling instead of seeing beautiful Mm -hmm. so um our senses have to kind of come out of the picture in order for us to experience the beauty of what we will have or call beautiful. Now to um, kind of stick with the same question, how do we see the beauty in black women? I know that there are more women to highlight that have a, a story and a struggle. Um, but to be personal, I think that ultimately um, the black woman has, been the most mistreated and um that's the reason why i'm sticking or focusing on the black woman like how do we see the beauty in the black woman considering that um we've asked her to be you know the down chick 
and we asked her to settle and sacrifice when we haven't even proven our dreams to be lucrative. That dream that we were trying to convince her to support with her own, you know, dreams being sacrificed. We haven't proven that those things were lucrative. We've um, asked her to bear children and we don't properly take care of the boy or the girl. Like we've asked a lot. How do we see the beauty in our women for all of what we've done to her? Uh, I would say see the beauty as something like see it as the fact that no matter like what men have done, like they still can't they still can't diminish or blemish the beauty of a black mm, woman. Like she right. might be hurt. She might, she might feel, you know, belittled, misused, abused, but she, she still is the number one supporter of a black man. So I would say, see the beauty as something that no matter what, like you still can't taint like her strength. Like it is just nonstop. It is, you you can't you cannot you cannot alter the 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 focus you cannot do anything about it like the beauty is there you can't touch her she's unscathed you've done wrong you have not held up your end of the bargain no but she is still intact how come mm. the beauty it's 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 innate she doesn't even have control she doesn't have control over the beauty that she is going to emanate she has it it's hers. Mm. She 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 can't wait for you to see it. She can't wait for you to acknowledge it. She just has to be. So mm. if you can just if men could just pay attention to the fact that they've been missing it all its time all this time and it's still there. Wow. Wow. Okay. Uh should black men be receptive to being called beautiful? Um, is that a completely different experience that men are missing as well? Not really fully understanding it because they don't even see the beauty within themselves. I absolutely feel that black men should be receptive to being called beautiful. They should. I mm. feel like the more they accept their beauty and how they are beautiful they can start to recognize it all around them. They mm -hmm. can they can see like how why it's important. They can see how they impact the lives or how they don't impact the lives of others right. around them. Like like a lot of times like you'll hear conversations that may not that may be more negative than positive where you'll hear people talking about, oh, um, you can tell she wasn't raised by her father or you can you can tell the way certain people act that there wasn't a father present. So if men understood their beauty, they would understand that their beauty was lacking in that particular situation. Mm. That's what it looks like when mm. you don't allow your beauty to be present in everything that you do. Like you let situations, you know, stop your beauty. The black woman doesn't have that choice. You understand? Right, see, men, right. see, men are like, I I'm just not going to be beautiful today. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the women's like, I, I don't have a choice. I don't have a choice. Wow. <laughs> and that's crazy to even you know? look at it like that because they don't even have a choice 
in being pretty. They don't have a choice in being elegant. They just mm-hmm. are. Like they just are. Wow. Okay. So in looking at the the possibilities of men um feeling or believing themselves to be beautiful, how do you grade a man when it comes to his own personal confidence level um do you do you grade it as being a flaw um or do you look at it and says and say to yourself he needs work or he needs support he needs attention how do you grade his confidence level because ultimately in this process of training the eyes to see the beauty sometimes it takes that person to like either expose you to it or jog your memory depending on where you are Mm -hmm. in life um you can need that you know jogging of the memory um you've been in so many instances and relationships where you haven't been paid attention to as a man and that one person that comes into your, your you know your energy or your space and tells you you know you're significant you're important and all those things start to like come back to you in a sense is that something that needs to happen or do we hold men accountable for their own self-esteem? Uh, um, I feel like we hold men accountable for their own self-esteem. Um, it's a, it's, it's something that I feel like a lot of people, men and women do not understand fully. You know, right, like right. if some if some people had the experiences in their young in their childhood where that that self esteem was, you know, basically uh, flourished, where they where they can actually have it, then that's mm. a different story. But there are so many people who don't have anything to build this this self esteem on, right? right? They don't right. they have nothing. So in in that in that particular case, it's like if you if you've encountered someone or you find yourself in, in love with someone that has um, an issue with understanding their beauty uh, and how, and how it just changes, like how they experience life, then I feel like it is your job or it is a part of why you've been brought into this person's life to help them understand and see. Now, you know, a lot, a lot of this, you know, kind of goes into like some like dysfunctional areas to where yeah, I feel like yeah. um, we can't as, you know, individuals, we can't necessarily fix people, but we can definitely encourage them to, you know, see past their beliefs of about themselves, you know, because yeah. at the end of the day, like it's all like a belief system of what you've believed so far and where you are now. It's gotten you to a certain place and it's time to kind of develop new, a new way of seeing things, develop new beliefs about yourself and your surroundings. So you can experience life differently. So I feel like it definitely can be encouraged, should be encouraged, but that's pretty much all you can do is encourage it. Yeah. Um, there is a very important question um, that um, I think needs to be asked for many reasons, because um, we don't know how. Well, I'm going to say men, men don't know how to communicate their their feelings of being stimulated. Like, what is the appropriate way to call a woman sexy? Like, is there 
First, is there even a reason to call a woman that you're not intimate with sexy? That's the first question. But then how do you go about communicating respectfully that a woman is sexy? So, um, me personally, I feel like if 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 y'all don't have that relationship or if y'all not intimate, I personally, I mean, you can think she's sexy, but no, I don't think it's appropriate for you to be telling this woman you have no dealings with, like some woman off the street that she's sexy. You're not telling her, you're not saying she's sexy. Like, I don't think, I don't think men understand what the word sexy is, right? I feel mm-hmm. like that that is something that you hold for the woman you actually love and want to make children with. And I'm not saying Mary. I'm saying, you know, how sometimes there's people that you would actually want to make children with, you know? Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, it's like that's that's a physical thing. But it's like you're not just looking at physical. You're looking at you're looking you're looking at who they are because you want your children to be real rounded and intelligent and you know productive people once they grow up right you're not just looking at cute kids as, as far as what I'm concerned when I when I think about who I wanted to create kids with I was thinking about the the big picture you know I want right, to help the right. children I want I want I want I can't predict anything but I, I want to feel like this man that I'm choosing will be there if he has you know a say in the matter you know So it's just like, that's what I'm looking at. So it's like, if there's somebody that I'm like, I could, because I know them, I could have children with them. That's the kind of person that I would reserve the word sexy for. Like, that makes them sexy because it's like, I would actually have sex with them. You know, I don't feel like people that you're not going to touch ever shouldn't be sexy. No, Mm. (laughs) I I personally don't. I don't personally think that. And I honestly feel like when a man, like say for instance, my husband, like that, if if we're if we're minding our business and we're doing our thing, and say for instance, just out of nowhere, he just he calls me by my name. My name would be sexy. That's all. And and that's my name. That's who I am. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know that you say know that. Me. Say you that. Know? So that's. I feel like it's appropriate on that level and that level only. To okay. Me. Okay. So it's basically reserving a certain level of respect yes. for who is significant, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. So, is is there beauty in being called sexy? Like, um, I think that when you look at a person, I mean, based on touching, you know, the the origin or the definition is basically saying that you're like sexually attracted or you're excited mm-hmm. by. Um, this said person so is there beauty in being attracted in that way because I think that it's a fine line with it because you don't just want to be sexualized you don't just want to be you know the object of somebody's dirty thoughts you you do kind of on certain moments but ultimately is there beauty in being sexy ever that does not have to do with anything physical uh, I would say yes. Um, it's weird because, like, I'm so different, right? So, like, I can, I can only speak for like what's true for me, right? So, I feel like my, I, I feel like my personal sex appeal might trans, might transcend like physical or whatever, mm-hmm. and so I understand. And would not take offense to somebody picking up sexy, you know, from like my crystal clear persona. Because 
it's just crystal clear, you know? It's just it's just my right, podcast. I, right. I could see like somebody feeling like like there's like this mental orgasm going on. Like I would understand that, right? Okay. But like okay. If, if we were like face to face and the conversation went there, I would be uncomfortable. Like, eh you know, right, like this right. is too much. It's too much. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I understand it. So in that sense to where I understand it might come off that way for someone, then it's okay. But like I feel like as a married woman, it would cross a line if, like, brought up in conversation. For me personally, like, now, if there's singles, people that are just out there just talking amongst themselves and just being single people, it's fine. It's okay, right? Because you're not disrespecting anyone unless you just don't like the word, you know, or unless right, you don't want right. to be looked at in that light. So it's really, it really depends on people out there. I know some people thrive on feeling sexy. I feel like I can feel sexy all day. Like, I can, oh, yeah. Crystal, I'm feeling mm-hmm. myself. You know, like that's good, that's fine. But I don't know if I'm comfortable with somebody approaching me with the term, because it's like, because then you're you're telling me something, you're giving me opinion about how you how you're viewing me, and then I'm just like, I don't really want to know you view me this way. Like, keep that to yourself. You know? Right, right. Yeah. Right. If that makes sense, I'm sorry. Yeah, I might it be a makes little... perfect. It makes perfect sense. Um. I got so many questions written down, but I'm going to try to ask the most of them. (laughs) Okay. So, black love has often been impoverished. Like, we always um, gloat to people when we're trying to legitimize our relationship. I've been with her when she ain't have nothing or vice versa. And it doesn't say much, but it says everything. Um, Is there beauty in the struggle when it comes to two people. Um, I realized that what I used to hold as far as value when it comes to a certain longevity, a certain length of time that you spend with the person when they're not on the upside of things, I believe that I used it for how much entitlement I actually expected to have. I used it to... Hmm. Um, I used it to become a sense of, no, that's not the word. I think I tried to develop a sense of leverage in a relationship. It validated me to ask for more, to demand more, to um, expect things from you that you could possibly not even want to give. I think that we use that to be manipulative. So, is there a beauty in actually respecting another person's struggle to start there at that foundation of just, you know, having your one resource and that person having theirs and you use it to, to build or cultivate something beautiful? Is there still beauty in that? Okay. Um. I'm kind of, I'm not clear on the question. Okay. So is it, is it beauty in the struggle of like not, the. Yeah. Not, not necessarily having a, a solid foundation for a relationship when you okay, started. Okay. Right. Um, okay. Okay. You know how, like when we always would, we justify the relationship term with things that really didn't effectively help us build the relationship i think we just stick together you know what i'm saying so like is there beauty in actually struggling with the person i 
wholeheartedly believe there's beauty in struggling with the person. Um, I heard something very, very, very deep to me um, the other day. Uh, Basically, it was said that a lot of times women give up too soon on men when they make mistakes and they don't give the man time to correct and t- and or be better, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like we're so fearful of being hurt. Soon as something ugly shows his head, we run the other way. But, you know, this person needs help cultivating the man that they're going to be, right? Right, right. So th- they kind of need somebody to bounce, not necessarily ideas off of, but maybe mistakes. <laughs> you know, like, I got to make yeah, mistakes. I, I have to them. make mistakes right, right, right. To, to to get to the, the, the best part of me. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm people, I don't think men and women understand the the level of like how different they are and what they both are bringing to the table and no matter how common like the idea of being interested in each other is or how much like they like each other and how much they feel like oh we're just alike because we're fond of each other in this moment that we are extremely different and we don't know anything about like each other. Like when we try, when we come together, whatever that is, is neither one of us. So we don't know how to keep that like sound and perfect and healthy because we're both going to affect it in our own way. Right, so we have right. to, we have to allow each other, allow each other to be different and not hold it against, you know, hold it against them. Like I guess if there's a certain level of like we we don't work then you have to, you know, do what you have to do. But, like, if nothing is being damaged and we're just getting to know each other and we're getting to, like, have a better understanding of each other and we're learning how to work with each other and we're learning how to make each other happy and we're learning how to cohabitate and we're just we're just learning how what our love looks like, I mm. feel like that is beautiful. Yeah, it is. It is. Because it's... I feel like everybody's trying to create their own version of, you know, put your, insert your favorite movie, your favorite love story. Everybody's mm-hmm. thinking and expecting it looks like that. Like, you'll notice, like, people take certain types of issues because that was the type of issue presented in whatever their favorite love story is, right? <laughs> but right, they, right, right. when it's, like, something totally different off script, they, they trip and they don't know what to do. And it's like, look, do you, do you, I don't feel like, what what happened wrong is the deal breaker. I feel like how you feel, if you can't look at that person the same way and respect them and, you know, return to the love that y'all had before, that's the deal breaker. I feel like everybody is trying to make the offense the deal breaker. And that's not the truth. You're not you're not being honest that if it hurts you, it hurts you. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Mm. Then, do, does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense to me. Yeah. I, I feel like everybody is trying to use this one rule book and this rule book was not created for like anyone, you know, it was just like ideals, you know, yeah, and people just yeah. tried to try to like make it work across the board and it doesn't like you're just ignoring, you're ignoring everything about your experience and everything about yourself. Like somebody might be like heartbroken and no more good after, you know, uh, the slight, you know, 
betrayal. And somebody else might not be impacted that way. And it doesn't mean they're not healthy. It just means they're not impacted that way. They don't, they didn't see it like that. It didn't hurt. Some people are more resilient Mm -hmm. and we have to accept that. And we, and we can't, we can't use someone else's grade book and say, okay, well, according to um, my, my aunt Ludi, I got to let you go because this is the deal breaker for her. So it's going to be a deal breaker for me. Right. Right. So yeah. that's that. That's my thing. I feel like the struggle is beautiful. The struggle is necessary, and I don't care how perfect you think you are, you ain't got nowhere until you struggle. Yeah, that's how I feel. That's definitely how I feel. I think that the struggle really does show um, the most pure intent and potential. There's, it's not the um, it's not the wishful thinking that I believe so many of us are kind of jaded by like you Mm -hmm. don't really know what to expect from this person because it's all words and no presentation i think we have the potential of Mm -hmm. being a little bit more insightful when it comes to how we see the struggle but we first Mm -hmm. have to take ourselves out of that that realm that you're speaking of of just following suit with the way in which other people handle Mm -hmm. struggle because um we can't I, I don't want us to get in the habit of basing the way that we handle our situations on what's familiar because those things have never or they they have, but they haven't always worked. And my experiences with the struggle was that only one person can say can actually say that they were struggling. And that was the woman. I couldn't say that. I couldn't say that I didn't have the answers because it's like you're supposed to be the man or I couldn't say that I didn't have. I had to figure out how to go get it because even another man told me, well, you know what you got to do. You know what you know what men do. It was it was never a space for me to say I need help or I need support or I need to find a better way of going about doing Uh the things that I would do for provision. I didn't have that support system and that communication alone is changing the way women respond to men you know when a man is now saying okay I know I'm the leader but I just don't understand everything I just don't have it all I need you right you know what I'm saying like it's it's a different kind of communication but I see I, I feel like um the problem with like today um, the problem with like a lot of things that I feel like people that have been put in place and like we're kind of questioning now is everyone only gave one example of how to be. And that was like this, this super strong, never, never weary, always, you know, raging against the, you know, the problem, you know, like this superhero man that does not exist, right? Where he's mm-hmm. just taking on everything, taking on the world, and then, you know, also taking on whatever comes at him at home. And I also felt like they were selling that same dream to women where you're superhero, you work, you you have children, and, you know, you're super wife, and, you know, you you look like a model. And, you know, they selling the same superhero dreams to both the man and the woman, and both of them are understanding, like, this is not 
how I feel. This is not how I show up. And y'all got to stop telling me I'm not healthy because I don't feel and look like this. You know? Right, right. Right? And so it's like, listen, this, this is where I am. And I wish we had more examples of people who did not live up to or did not try to live up to this level of perfection that's unattainable. And, you know, they just were. And, like, that's another reason why I do what I do because I'm like, look, perfection is not what I'm striving for. Right. I just want I just want to be I just want to be clear. I just want to be real with myself. What can you handle? Crystal, what can you handle? Right. What what right. can't you handle? What's too much for you? Say that. And you know, I I I welcome my husband and I and I love to hear men talk about their limitations because I honestly for the longest I remember telling my husband like like I didn't know you I didn't know you felt <laughs> you've always presented yourself so robotic. You know, so it was so easy for me to disregard your feelings Mm -hmm. because you did. Right, right. And so it's like, if you show me that you're human, I can treat you like you're human. (laughs) You understand? And I I had to tell him, I had to tell him that his, him being vulnerable was beautiful because, and him being receptive was beautiful because I feel like when men are pretending to be like so self-assured and so strong and having all the answers there's like this hard uh shell that is impenetrable by anything and you you're not even letting love in and meanwhile your woman is over there like okay you you mad at this but i don't really think you experience a feeling so you can't be mad right Right, you know you know you're just using it against me like i i don't know why are we even going through this? Because you don't, you don't emote at all. So what is happening? What, what what's going on? And then they they they're mad, but then they don't help themselves, and they don't want to show you that I'm hurt because of this. Because maybe they're afraid, like whatever this thing is that's really upsetting them, is not a big deal. Because back in the day, or maybe some other man told them that's not a good reason for you to be upset. That's not a reason why men get upset. I feel like a lot of re- a lot of things that can may fall under fall under the category of toxic masculinity is like all of the things that somebody told them they weren't supposed to experience. Yeah. Yeah. And they're they're rejecting, you Mm. know, right. They're they're rejecting it. And instead of like processing it to get over it and, you know, something not actually ending a tragedy, they're, they're holding on to it, telling themselves they're not supposed to feel this way while they do. And then they spiral out of control. So, so it's, it's that type of thing that I feel like men have to work very hard to fight against this, this idea of being superhero because it's not real and it doesn't serve them. Right, right. Ooh, man, you got all of the right answers. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I guess we can end um, this particular segment with this one question that I think is perfect to take us out. Um, How does a woman today desire to feel beautiful by a man? Let's see. I would have to say just like accepted, you know, just like full acceptance. Like, don't don't criticize anything like you probably do have some criticisms but don't you know 
Don't criticize anything. Just accept me as I am. Like, I feel like women, women just want to be able to feel like, like, you know, that song, uh, uh, What's the name of this? It's like they're saying basically not a stain on me. Like they, mm-hmm. they fresh or whatever. Like women want to feel like flaws and all. Like right, right. there's not a stain on me. Like you, you, you still think I'm perfect. You know, yeah. like I know I'm not perfect, but you, my, you see me as perfect with all of the flaws because I've been through so much. And I just want you to accept it that, you know, no matter what I've been through, no matter you know, how my experience got me here before you that I am perfection because I'm here. Right, right. So right. that's that's what I feel like. Just acceptance would be like number <laughs> one, acceptance. So you telling the women that you want, you want men to treat you like Big Tuck. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I hear that. That's I hear funny. that. <laughs> but man, this was this was very educational for me and I really appreciate all of the um the brilliant answers that you were able to give for Thank these you. questions. Um I think that this is going to be a huge help to people and I have a lot to think about going forward because as you were talking, I was just like writing, like writing so many different things. It gives me so many ideas to continue this process with teach me how to love you better. I want to really help men understand women in a much deeper and a much more spiritual way than just the um, the physical and verbal communications. There are so many things that I believe that we can stand the chance of learning if we just learn new ways of using our senses as mm-hmm. we kind of touched on in the earlier parts of the segment, um, listening with our other senses, um, speaking mm-hmm. with our other senses, um, using actions, you know, to describe how we feel. Like, I think that will really encourage a different kind of communication in your relationship. So again, thank you so much for all that is good game that you just gave oh my god man (laughs) well thank you for having me on uh it it was a pleasure to be on your show like i'm so glad that you're doing this this is very important i feel like you will help a lot of people just to be just to want to be able to provide the understanding and helping men understand women and possibly women understand themselves enough so they can you know become clearer to their, you know, their, their significant others. I feel like women sometimes because of the same, you know, not maybe, maybe not feeling supported kind of feel like stifled and they, and they kind of get discouraged and really haven't practiced, you know, speaking their mind and explaining how they feel, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I feel like this will open up dialogue on both sides you know, kind of helping men get clear on how they feel, women get clear on how they feel, and they get clear on how to communicate to each other. So this is a wonderful thing. So I'm happy to be a part of it, and thank you again for having me on your show, and this is oh, amazing. man, this was a goal. I, man, I was so happy. <laughs> when I'm just thinking about it all day, like, man, I get to sit down with Crystal. Like, this is going to be good. I just knew oh, it. God. It was going to be like everything that I imagined it to be. And like I said, you really just gave some of the most profound answers. And I got a lot of notes to follow.
follow up with someone about in the I guess the next couple of episodes. So thank you again. I have to have you on a standard change the subject episode too. I need to do that too. So um, we'll have to set that up. Um, Lastly, there is a last question. um, Okay. That kind of like segues into the next episode for the next young lady to kind of like have a base to talk about. I asked the question in one word. Tell me, what is it that women need from men right now more than anything? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Compliance. (laughs) Wow. Okay. That was an interesting one. So, as she just stated, men, women need compliance. We're going to figure out an intricate way of talking about compliance in the third installment of Teach Me How to Love You Better. I am BJ. Thank you to our host, Crystal Clear, for providing us with all of the profound insight. I will see you guys in a few weeks. Um, Definitely tune in to the next couple of episodes because they're going to be just as good. I have so many great things coming. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Thanks again.